and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee Hogan, a writer and editor for Anifem, as well as the owner of the friendly neighborhood anime blog, The Jose Next Door. Hey, I'm Fry Kaiser. I'm an editor and contributor for Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter at WriterVry or follow my other podcast at TrashPod. I'm Peter Phobia, and I'm an Associates Features Editor at Crunchyroll and a contributor and editor at Anime Feminist. And today we're taking a look back at the summer 2017 anime season, uh, talking about what we liked, what we didn't, what we'd recommend to you lovely listeners, and everything in between. Uh, we have a pretty good-sized list of shows to get into today, uh, but before we do, I wanted to just ask for kind of overall opinions. Uh, how did the summer season treat you, right, Peter? Summer was really interesting. I think it had a lot of shows that had really high highs and low lows. Um, I don't know if any show was, like, super consistent, actually. Uh, like, you get shows like 18F, uh, Ballroom, to an extent, had really high highs, but very low lows. Um, and then, like, some of the other shows, like, uh, Gamers, uh, and Aoyama, I really liked certain parts, but, um, there was kind of dips. Some of them are, like, just, like, I don't know, like, based on my personal taste. Other ones, uh, as far as animation, and other ones, uh, as far as problematic content. So, I felt like week to week, I really wasn't sure what I was gonna get. Um, so it's been a very exciting summer in that regard, I guess. Yeah, this is, um, probably... One of the first, if not the first seasons, where I've been following more than, like, two shows, so that's been interesting. But I, I feel like most of the shows I chose to stick with and didn't drop within, like, two episodes, I wound up uh, being very happy with watching all the way through, even if they weren't, you know, like, universal highs. So I'm good. Also, I'm very sad because apparently the new... Uh, Anime Strike is now where good Yuri goes to die, people, and it's depressing me. Yeah, Anime Strike is is kind of a bummer. Um, But the good news is the really good stuff does seem to still get traction um, because I do know there's still some buzz. There's been some buzz about some of the shows on there this past season. So that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Uh, I I think I'm kind of with Peter. I, in a way, I was kind of disappointed by this season because there's usually a show that sort of jumps out and takes me by surprise and is like just this happy, I had no idea this was going to be awesome and I freaking love it kind of series and I didn't have any of those this time around like the stuff at the top of the list that we felt pretty good about after the first episode I continued to feel pretty good about um and then there were a few disappointments which there were more I think there were more disappointments than pleasant surprises this time so mm-hmm. that was a little bit of a bummer uh, yeah I think that's and, fair and like Peter said there wasn't a lot of consistency there was one show that I would say was consistently low-key very good and that was technically a carryover it was soccer quest um and we'll get we'll get into that eventually uh but yeah it was i'm i am also ready for fall there's a lot of there's a lot of hype um in some of the new shows partly because i've read some of the manga they're based on so i i know there's good source material there uh and i'm i'm hoping for another i'm hoping for another surprise something that'll jump out at me and, and just make me very excited so uh, but before all of all of that can happen, we need to run down the stuff from this season. Uh, so we'll, like we did for the mid-season, we will go through the list of rankings that we had posted after the premiere week. And um, we're going to start with the yellow flags because we sort of watched more of those than we did some of the some of the harmless fun shows. And we'll go through we'll go through those one at a time. So at the very bottom of the Yellow Flags list was Classroom of the Elite. Peter, did you, I know you were watching that at mid-season. Did you end up I finishing it? I finished it, yeah. 
Uh, I remember, uh, Fry, were you the one who said that you thought the whole thing was going to sort of surround around Horikata or Horikita having to learn that she has to work with others? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, it. It, was kind of, uh, it was kind of like an admittance that she couldn't uh, work on her own if she wanted to reach A. She had to accept allies. That it wasn't too encouraging what happened to her. I think basically the whole season was just trying to establish what's up with Ayana Koji. Um, because there's kind of a twist at the end, which I think actually does make him a more interesting protagonist. Because um, you're really not... I, I, I think I've said a couple times before that he's a very unreliable narrator, and it turns out there was a reason for that. Um, the ending was pretty definitive, so I assume it's one of those, and now you can go read the manga kind of things, or in this case, I think it's a light novel. Um, but yeah, it was basically just a... I, the, the, the limited amount of time that you were given with the show didn't really let them do too much, and it was very fan service heavy. So I think it, like all of it was just trying to the, get them to hook you into reading the light novels. I am kind of interested in like uh, Ayano Koji's subplot now, so in that regard, I guess it worked. But I don't know. I guess I don't have too much to say about the series besides that. Not necessarily something you'd recommend to people, or uh, prob- <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Like I can't. That's that's an answer in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> Would I be correct in assuming from your tone that learned that she can't work alone is tied intrinsically to realizes she has the doki dokis for the main character, dude? Uh, I, because that's usually oh how yeah, the shows she work. gets turned into a tsundere at the end um, over Ayana Koji. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I guess I kind of need to say that it turns out like he is kind of this heavy manipulator type. So. Huh. Uh, all right, that's mildly interesting. Yeah, voice. so he he was spending the whole time trying to get her to admit that she needed allies, uh, when in fact he um, was doing that for his own benefit because he doesn't think of anybody as allies. Because uh, I guess he, I, I'm not sure if he wants to read, I don't know what he wants, that's still unclear, um, but he was basically manipulating everything behind the scenes as it was happening, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's yeah, yeah i guess okay. it's if so you if you like it sure i don't know i really i i it wasn't i did never i didn't see anything in that show that really made me think oh this is really good i do i'm sort of interested in like what they're trying to do with ayana koji but like the whole sort of setting that he exists within and the stuff that they've done with the other characters and the fact that they spend the majority of their time during dialogues so literally just resting the camera directly on a female character's chest uh <laughs> there isn't much else to really go on as far as like wanting to continue with that series yeah yep Bummer. yeah i'm not uh i don't think i'll be going back to it but thanks for reporting for sure. it. yeah thanks for taking uh, that bullet i think the next few are gonna i think we're gonna skip through quite a few of these uh the next one was welcome to the ballroom uh i gave up at three episodes peter i think you were the only person who was still watching when we did our mid-season i think brian and i had both more or less yeah it. so after uh, a convention season, I had a lot of catching up to do because I got like a month behind in all the anime since I was also yeah. working for Expo. Same. Uh, so mm-hmm. I spent the last couple weeks just like bit, like spending my weekends binging anime to catch up with everything. And I reached Welcome to the Ballroom and just realized I had no goodwill left for that series. Yeah. So I, I just, I, and the things I've seen since have made me think that that was a very good decision. Truly, this is the anime that was worth the tragic loss of a human life. Mm. <laughs> that's dark sorry what uh the animator from episode two or three who he died while making that episode oh geez yeah. 
That's, I mean, it does have beautiful animation, so I, I guess he can be proud of that. Uh, the <laughs> but, animation is really, uh, really good in that show. Well, in, in like, bursts. Um, yeah. So I, I think besides that, it's actually pretty inconsistent as far as the animation quality. But, uh, yeah. like, just the content is so, it's so bad. There's, there's nothing, no redeeming qualities to the story. Yeah, I think uh, I think Lost Thief on Twitter. If if people want some some takes on it, he's been keeping up with it. Uh, so we're almost hate watching it, I think, and it has not made me want to I go think, back. I don't so. know anyone who's watching it as not a hate watch at this point. Yeah, which is unfortunate because that first episode was really really had me excited. But uh, yeah, that's one of those one of those kind of disappointments of the season. Oh well. Uh, next was Convenience Store Boys, which was Convenience Store Boyfriends. I always write that down wrong. Uh, which I said was crim- criminally boring. None of us watched it. Correct. Yep. Right. Okay. Uh, and then the next one was Nights and Magic. Peter, you were keeping up with this at one point. Uh, did you continue? That's one of the ones I didn't get around to. And I guess uh, that kind of... I, I really got clued into how much I enjoyed certain series based on whether or not I ended up catching up to them. Um, I liked yeah. what I was watching in Nights and Magic, but I guess I didn't find it as engaging as even some shows that I I dislike in many ways more than Nights and Magic. I, I like mm-hmm. what it was doing. Mm-hmm. I really... I don't think there's anything bad about the series, really. Especially if you're in a mecca, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it just there wasn't enough personal interest that I had to end up getting back into it with the time I had. Sure, and I think sometimes that just happens. Uh, listeners, if any of you finished it and it's a you know something worth recommending, uh, you know, hit us up in the comments of this uh, of this podcast post for sure. Uh, the next was Altair. I don't think any of us watched that one either. Past like the premiere. Nope. Yeah, I watched the premiere. It didn't didn't feel like i wanted to watch episode two okay. yeah again listeners if there's anything of value let us know um but we we can't we can't watch everything we're only mortal um so so that yeah so we'll skip we'll skip over that one as well uh next on the list is vatican miracle examiner or as we've been calling it on twitter vatican bros vatican uh, bros right. would you would you like to start us off in the conversation on this because i know you and i finished it um i think I did finish the series. Um, I'm not sorry that I finished it. Definitely after that first arc, it kind of became a case of diminishing returns, especially as it started to introduce elements where I slowly started realizing, oh my god, this is a less well-executed version of Descendants of Darkness, an anime from 2005. And a manga from, I believe, the mid-90s. Um, it's Late 90s, a, yeah. Early 2000s. Yeah, bit, of a, bit of a classic of the of the genre. Uh, which I vaguely remember watching with a friend, but I don't remember a lot about it. Um, yeah, I think Vatican Bros. Um, I think they hit us with their with their wildest arc first, which was maybe not the best way to tell your story. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That said, I had a really fun time start to finish. It was pretty consistently absurd, and the last episode was kind of good, which surprised me. Um, there were moments in the in the last episode where I was like, "This is kind of legit." Yeah, it, it hit it hit actual human emotions in the final episode, which it had not really done up to that point. It was mostly just a sequence of hilarious jokes like uh, watch out for snakes and cocaine bows, which, um, you know, check out the Vatican Bros hashtag if you don't mind spoilers and you want to know what I'm talking about. Uh, the police was, were only was, invented three years ago. Yeah, it was delightfully this... stupid. And I would say in terms of feminist value, zero. But I don't think there was anything about it that was actively that would put me away. Like there are no, there are no female characters really like, and that, I mean, that kind of sucks, but it, it means that there's not a whole lot in that regard. And then there's a lot of really unsubtle gay subtext. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what, um, uh, what, 
what ended up bumming me out is that, and I apologize for, for, because by the end of the series, I was like, this isn't like what Descendants of Darkness did, an anime I love very much. Um, mm-hmm. But that, sh- um, I, but, and I'm sorry for structuring that, but I think Vatican Bros um, was very procedural and, and mm-hmm. a show like this that's that's very camp and very short run kind of needs to invest us in the melodrama of the characters, not mm-hmm. the melodrama of the of the spectacle, because that has inevitable dis- diminishing returns. But by the end, I didn't feel sufficiently um, invested in our two main leads to really feel like I'd like there was some kind of catharsis of, of emotional achievement, even if it was totally over the top. Yeah, I, they they did not do a great job with the the characters were pretty flat for the most part because it was pretty much just them solving the stupidest mysteries you can think of. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, again, it was it was worth a laugh. I think at oh yeah, frequently, frequently I got a good chuckle out of it. And I'm gonna be real with you. There's a season two. I'd be happy. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would live tweet season two. It's a very good anime to live tweet. <laughs> Yes, um, but it's not one like I, I don't think it's gonna make it's not gonna make my my feminist recommendations for for any femme uh, when we do our write up, and it's one of those shows where I'm like, if you like goofy camp, you'll probably have a good time with it, but it's not it's not top tier outside of the first four episodes, which I think are a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's where I ended with it. I enjoyed it. It was again, it was one of the shows on my list that I think I enjoyed the most because it was sort of it was consistent in that it was consistently stupid. And I kind of appreciated that. Um, There's yeah. something to be said for that. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was Vatican Bros. Uh, next on the list was Gamers. I kept saying I was going to go back to it, and then I heard it pretty much turned into a love pentacle pentangle. I don't. Anyway, uh, and I sort of just didn't have the energy for that, so I never went back to it. Peter, did you end up finishing I that one? Finished it. Cool. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Uh, well, for one day, it was a yeah, it was a pentagon that turned into a hexagon, uh, like three fourths of the way through, with the introduction of Chiaki's little sister. Uh, oh, it. Uh, I remember we had concerns that the male characters seemed to have um, kind of motivations outside of relationships, whereas the girl characters were basically created in relation to the male characters. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that was largely resolved in that all the characters are actually only concerned with romance, and that's the entire show, actually. <sighs> so I, I don't feel like... Okay. Well, I didn't feel like the girls got any equal tweet, uh, treatment, uh, at least for over the course of the show, mm-hmm. um, which I guess makes it more forgivable. Uh, I personally am not, like, super big into the, like, horrifying series of misunderstandings that leaves everyone kind of crushing on and also distrusting everyone else. Uh, but I did find some people who started following the show specifically because of that, so I think that's just a personal taste thing. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the so. last episode in particular, I think they wrapped it up pretty well in the in the penultimate episode. Uh, the last episode uh, was actually kind of what, more what I wanted the series to be, uh, at least the first half of it, because they sort of spent a lot of time talking about games, and Agari's kind of like the straight man to everybody else liking games. Mm-hmm. Um because she said, like, games are dumb and they cost too much money, uh, and then everybody has to, you know, defend video games, and then at one point they're talking about if DLC is evil or not, and Agari is pretty convinced that it's bad, and so Amano has to convince her that DLC is actually worthwhile sometimes. So, and there's, like, a lot of, uh-huh. like, references and jokes. It was really good. Uh, so, if the mm-hmm. whole series had been like that, I think it probably would have been one of my favorites. Although, in the last half of the episode, uh, they spent, like, a ten-minute segment. Uh, they were at a onsen and of course they spent the entire time in the girl's side of the onsen and that i think all of the fan service in the show was concentrated into that single scene 
Uh, it was really, really bad. Uh, I don't know why you would put all of your fan service in the last half of the last episode of a show, uh, because usually that I feel like that's something that they use to pull people into a um, into a property. Uh, but it mm-hmm. was uh, probably the grossest scene in the entire show, and that was kind of the Ugh. majority of the last half of the last episode, and that's how they closed out the series. Gosh, that kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah, so I thought I thought that series had something to say. It turned out it was kind of just a dumb rom-com, which is fine. Uh, then the last episode, like, peaked again, and then it hit its lowest point ever at the very end. So, uh, based on that, I don't think I could really recommend anybody who's concerned with fan service to get into the show, because guaranteed, if you decide to finish it, uh, it's just gonna slap you in the face right before you're done. Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, otherwise, like, if they, could they, could, 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 uh, gosh, I cannot talk today. Could viewers conceivably stop at the end of the penultimate episode and call it a season? Like, did the last episode feel almost like just kind of fun? Yeah, the last episode was definitely extra. So you can stop at episode 11 where finally everything's resolved and you get the feeling everyone's going to be okay. So if you're into wacky rom-coms, I guess that would be a way to do it. Yeah, just skip the last one. It's unnecessary. Uh, Okay, so that was Gamers. Uh, The next two, I don't think either of any of us watched. uh, Battle Girl High School... Uh, again, we yep. reviewed the premiere and really didn't have a lot to say about it. And then Dive, the sw- the new Swimming Boy show. I don't think any of us got into that yep. either. No. Okay. Uh, again, uh, listeners, any of these shows, if we're skipping over them, you're like, no, guys, why did you skip over that? It was good. Let us know in the comments um, so other, other readers and listeners can know that as well. Um, Restaurant to Another World. Peter, did you end up dropping that one, or did you keep up I with it? I dropped it. I think I pretty much, uh, like, I... I think I was on that direction when we first talked about it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's a fine show. I'm just not into the food stuff, and I think it probably would have been better if it were 12-minute episodes instead of 24. Yeah, that was sort of where I was at the end yeah. of it, too. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so we're getting, again, I, we're jumping through this harmless fun category pretty fast. Uh, the top of the harmless fun list was Elegant Yokai Apartment Life. Um, right, right, Peter, I don't think either of you ever got into that yeah. one, yeah? No, that was definitely one that I was, I liked the premiere and I kept thinking I should watch that. And then I didn't. Mm -hmm. I, so I, um, we put a little spreadsheet together, listeners, to kind of give each other an idea of, of what we, what we are going to be talking about today. And I have this one listed as dropped with the number 12 next to it, which is weird because that technically means I finished the season. Um, but it's, turns out it's too core. And there's a lot of stuff coming this fall that I want to watch more. And I just never was, it never really got me to fall in love with it. So if it had just ended at 12, I would have been like, yeah, I watched it. It was fine. Um, but since I know it's going to be too core, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm done. I'm not going back to it at this point. Um, it was basically fine. It was really clumsy. Like it kept every time I thought it was kind of trying to do something good, it would do it in a way that was either really on the nose or didn't quite hit the point it was trying to hit. Um, in terms of, uh, some of its, um, messages about like, um, the main character kind of dealing with some of his past trauma or, um, the, the, there's like a three part sort of finale arc to the, to the first core. Um, that is about like a misogyny demon kind of, um, and it inhabits, it, um, possesses one of their teachers and there's kind of an interesting twist to it in that, uh, the main character Yushi thinks that, um, like sees this guy as kind of a victim and then they, but everyone kind of keeps telling him that the reason he was possessed was because he was sort of open to these feelings 
And so when they, when they, you know, um, Akine, the, the badass exorcist girl steps in and, uh, and like throws the, the demon out of him. And it turns out the guy's still kind of a misogynist. And so the point of the story is there's, there's these elements of like, you can't necessarily like, not everything is an outside force and it's more than just like, you know, uh, saying a spell to, to fix everything. Um, but it just, it didn't do it very well. And it's, it's hard to explain without going to like a lot of detail about why it was clumsy and sort of uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, it was, it was always trying and it just never was quite able to be what I think it wanted to be. So it was okay. I mean, if you're really into yokai shows, uh, you could do a lot worse than, than elegant yokai apartment life for sure. Um, but it's not, it's not something that's getting like a glowing two thumbs up for me. Um, too bad. Not a bad way to Too pass the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. And again, it it has these it has these moments that are kind of nice. Um, and then it just again, it's it's just very clumsily handled. I guess is the way I would describe it. So, uh, yeah, it was it was fine. Thirty minutes a week, but I I don't think I'm really gonna miss it since I've decided not to keep up with it this coming season. Uh, and that is the end of Harmless Fun. Now we're getting into the shows that I think we've all kept up with a lot more, and we'll probably have a lot to say about them. Um. The bottom of the feminist potential list, uh, feminist potential being shows that we didn't see like clear cut feminist themes, but we, but there were elements that we thought might end up heading that direction. So we, we pl- uh, popped them to the top of the list. Uh, and the bottom of this one was the reflection, uh, the sort of Stanley collaboration with uh, Studio Dean. And I am blanking on the director's name. Nagahama. He's fairly well known. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I actually did end up binging that one, but it's not finished because it started two weeks after everything yep. else. So we still, so the final, I believe it's going to be 12. I don't quote me on that though. Um, I think the final episode will be next Saturday, uh, but we couldn't really wait. If it is 12, this. they have a lot so, to do in the last episode. Yeah. It feels like it could very easily be too core. And I'm kind of curious to see if they end up announcing that um, or if it just sort of very quickly ends. Um it Peter, you watched this yeah, one too. Yeah, I just caught up. Okay, what are your thoughts? Uh, very confusing. Uh, this one of the when I was speaking about inconsistency, I think I was thinking of the reflection mm-hmm. and eighteen if mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I alternate between hating and really liking the animation. I guess depending upon whether they're yeah, like same. putting a lot of effort into it. Some of the fight scenes, especially with uh, Steel Ruler, are really well animated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and they do some good character stuff too, but a lot of the time, uh, other times it's like hard to even tell characters apart. They don't bother drawing faces on them. Um, it, it's really bizarre the way they want to do it visually. Um, yeah, that comic book aesthetic. I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. It's just that it, it, it's very up and down as if, um, as far as whether or not it yeah. works. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure what to make of the story yet because I feel like a lot of stuff is going to, like, we just got hit with some revelations, and I think, and but we can't even appreciate the revelations because we haven't been given context for them yet. So it's like mm. we got a surprise about the villain last episode, and we have no idea what it even means and probably won't until the next episode. So it's kind of hard to get a good beat on it. I found the series very confusing mostly um i think there was some stuff to talk about as far as uh eleanor and i guess steel ruler have that kind of a connection in regards to their kind of um backstories where they were kind of i, I guess they just kind of suffered from really bad loneliness were left alone i guess metal steer we keep on a color metal ruler steel ruler was like homeless as a child and she just had kind of a bad life which led to her joining the villains um very 
Magneto-esque. And I guess Eleanor had a similar backstory, and they kind of, or or at least Steel Ruler sees herself in Eleanor, but I kind of don't like how both of those stories are kind of in the context of just wanting to be acknowledged by someone else, because with the male characters, you usually have some sort of, like, higher-minded thing that they're pursuing or personal interests, and I feel like the two most prominent female characters in the series just want senpai to notice them basically well i i okay i i do agree with you and i think that if there were some female mentor characters that it wouldn't feel quite so much like um like young younger female characters um like reaching out towards towards dudes i think that's one of the bigger issues uh i will say though that uh i guy's whole thing is he wants people to notice him yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but that's that's like that's not like a, I so. want a person to acknowledge me. It's I want everybody to know that I'm awesome, kind of thing. I mean, it's it's still like yeah. emotionally codependent, but it's not like I specifically need somebody to prop me up emotionally, uh, which is the feeling that I got, especially from that last episode with Eleanor. Though he kind of does, like his his team really does prop him up emotionally. Um, the the team that helps him with the with his robot powers. I see some. I see some some reflections uh-huh. between him and uh-huh, uh, between him and, and the and the two girls and i do agree with you that i don't love the way they've been handling uh eleanor and steel ruler's story the past few episodes i think they could still end up fixing it but it does at this point it does feel um very much like yeah like they just kind of want senpai to notice yeah. them. and i don't know if it was intentional or not but i i was under the impression that wraith was a woman and i thought it was so was Interesting I. that the mastermind uh, villain was a female, uh, who I guess Stanley was the like <laughs> the sidekick of, um, but yeah. that I guess seems to not be the case. I don't know if that was just a voice acting thing or if that was something they were intentionally trying to mislead us with. It's kind of hard to tell with the reflection. I think, I think, I think the voice actor is a guy, but I think he has a, I think he has kind of a, um, a sort of a higher pitched voice, and so it's. It was tough like, to tell. Yeah, I agree. Kind with of you a there. bond type. And I did sort of, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a little bummed when when the the main villain ended up not being a lady because I thought that would have been kind of neat. Um, especially since the story does kind of be setting up Eleanor as sort of the main kind of origin story uh, protagonist. Um, and I like the characters. I think they're the show is very confident. It's. Like it's extremely confidently written and directed to the point where when there are kind of these sort of surprise twists toward the end that they didn't really, I don't feel like they really hinted at it. I was able to sort of roll with it because I was like, okay, well you seem very confident in this story you're telling. So yeah, let's, let's, let's go with this. Um, it does some nice stuff in terms of getting a lot of character and plot out in a relatively short amount of time without necessarily feeling super duper rushed. Um, and it's sort of trying to say some stuff about discrimination, but I don't think it's doing a particularly good job. Yeah, the they evil uh, reflected or evil, the light reflected or good. Well, sort of. They the the thing they've started to hint at in the in the late in the latter episodes is that it wasn't so much that people got hit with a light or a smoke, but that depending upon your mental state, you sort of at the time that this that this event happened, you sort of got those feelings amplified. So if you were, you know, if you were really angry or bitter, or you had like these negative emotions, those got amplified by this by this smoke. Whereas if you were feeling pretty good at the time, you got it got amplified by this green light. Um, so the idea there is that there's some flexibility there, and that you can um, help people essentially, and then they would they would be able to move away from that. Um, I don't know if the show's going to do anything with that, but if they do, that would make the the evil good um 
nonsense a lot a lot more interesting and, and better overall. I think. Yeah, I think it is a kind of a director versus writing thing because I remember uh, the episode that ended with uh, Eleanor sitting in the park and then Steel Ruler appeared. Uh, where it did that like lateral shot and then cut to credits, like you know, you, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that was like a really good scene. But then when I and like when I thought back on it because I took a break at that point, I was just like, that was really predictable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I it was like the writing was bad, but the way it was directed made the scene very uh, kind of uh, feel really powerful. Uh, it's really confident, yeah. 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 And the the whole thing uh... like with the military responses to everything, it's very Marvel in that regard. Like the, the this is this yeah. is X Men. So the the military are just like making the situation worse at all times, um, in like very predictable and stupid ways. Uh, but I, I yeah, the, the show's kind of selling it well, despite the fact that it it seems like a lot of American comics I've read. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's interesting. And again, I think it's I don't think it's doing everything it wants to do as well as it wants to do them. But I kind of appreciate it for trying. Uh, and I'm curious to see how it wraps up. And it, it's one of those where if it uh, if it has a good finale, because I binged the last I binged like seven episodes in the last two days, and I got kind of sucked into it, which I wasn't necessarily yeah, expecting. Um, it's got a reasonably diverse cast. It could be better, but um, I, I I appreciate that because that's that's not super uh, common in mm. anime. And so depending on how it wraps up, I could see it end up being a surprise wreck recommendation uh when we do our our final write-ups so uh i guess keep an eye out for that folks and we'll see we'll see how it how it ends um but clearly we have a lot to talk about with it so there's definitely something of value here and as far as like a conversation if nothing else yeah it's a very unusual series i agree it it really depends on how it's Mm -hmm. closed out like the whole thing they're doing with the the japanese magical girls they have devoted a lot of time to them and they have done nothing so if there's like a real now they're in a position to actually affect the plot in some way so if something yeah. good happens with them, then I will appreciate the time that it took building that up. But if not, then I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. that was like maybe an episode's worth of content that was just wasted. So it really depends on the yeah. ending. Well, fingers crossed they'll they'll land it okay. Um, if nothing else, it will be very it'll be a very confident mess. I can guarantee it will be confident. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, Vry, we're gonna talk about another show you're not watching. So you're gonna <laughs> no no go carry get on. A, go it's, get a drink. I'll, I'll be- have a snack, pet your dog and your cat, and um, uh, yeah. So sorry, folks. The next show on the list uh, was Eighteen If, which woof. Uh, Peter, do you want to do you want to start us off here? Yeah. What do you even talk about? It's so because you because you're the one who you're the one who got me back into it because I'd basically dropped it and you were like, no, there's some really good stuff in the back half. So I picked it up again and you were right. There's some really good. Like, I think some of the best episodes of the season of any show I watched were from 18F. Um, but I think I think the worst episodes of the season from any show I watched were also 18F. So, yeah, 18F was kind of like the spirit of the summer season, I think, because you didn't literally yeah. didn't know what you were going to get week to week. It could be a masterpiece. It could be the worst trash. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought Kake Guduri was the only show with Russian roulette, but uh, turns out uh, it was as well. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I, I encourage you to get back into it because the Koji Morimoto episode, right, uh, number ten. Yeah. yeah, that was that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything would be able to beat episode three, but uh, I honestly don't know which one of those two is my favorite now. I think I think seven was my favorite. Um, the the kind of Wizard of Oz fairy tale. The three D chalkboardy one. Yeah, 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 with the the that god that animation was phenomenal. I want to see an entire show done in that style. And I don't think I've ever said that about CG before. 
but it was gorgeous, and uh, they told a very affecting story in in 30 minutes, which I thought was, which again, kind of like episode three, um, I really appreciated, and just in terms of uh, aesthetically, it was, yeah. Again, H&F has some really good moments and um, and episode beats, and occasionally does sort of flirt with feminist themes, but in sort of a ham-handed way, oh, I yeah. think. But, yeah, <laughs> I think... Well, I mean, one of the problems with the series is a lot of the different episodes don't really mesh with the connective tissue. Uh, the, the, your favorite, actually, is one of the ones that I had the biggest problem with. I loved the whole episode, mm-hmm. but it didn't really make sense or tie into the actual story regarding the witches. Uh, another one, that, like probably the worst one, was the the idol episode where in the beginning of the episode she gets Ugh. stabbed by a fan like eight times. And then mm-hmm. and then she's in the stream world, so I, you would assume she's like in a coma or something like that, right? Uh, and she lives out her time as a witch. Uh, that was probably one of the worst episodes. Uh, but God, that episode yeah. was terrible. So he like convinces her to turn her life around or whatever, uh, because that's what Haruto does. And uh, she leaves and just goes right back to work. And uh, the stabbing is never addressed again. So I don't know if she just got better. Um, I don't know what happened with that. But yeah, yeah, I that that's. I don't know, it's such a weird show. There were so many there were so many terrible things in that episode that that um talking about the the plot not making sense <laughs> is like the least of my concerns. Yeah. Um there's 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 like god there's assault and transphobia and it's just ooh it was bad. It was a bad episode of television. Um but and so it's one of those where it's like I want to recommend like four or five episodes to people just as like standalone stories and then be like you don't have to worry about the rest just watch those just watch yeah those the fact that they're self-contained does make it very easy to just allow somebody because it's like four or five self-contained stories and you they don't need to watch the rest mm-hmm. yeah i think i think episodes three seven eight and ten were the standouts for me mm-hmm. yeah i'd agree um and i the, and the god the finale was this weird weird roller coaster and i don't i don't really want to get into it too much on here because i think i think i would almost have to go like line by line to explain why it was so bizarre um but it's like trying to do something kind of empowering and just doesn't know how to do it uh so i so they'd be one line where it'd be like hey it's okay to you know feel feelings or make mistakes like you don't have to beat yourself up about that forever and i'm like cool and the next line would be like uh Times have changed, and men are basically women's servants now. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. Uh, this is sexist on multiple levels. So it was, yeah, it was, it sure was 18 if. Um, <laughs> if nothing else, I would say, you know, watch those, watch those few episodes for sure, because they're very good, and they are kind of self-contained stories. But I think the conclusion was their idea of what feminism was is like catty girl talk, uh, and but the and they they said like Haruto, stay out of this. We don't actually need you. Uh, when the thing that drew all of them together was just wanting to see Haruto one last time or something like that. He he did become the central figure. But had almost nothing to do with the finale. It was, yeah, it was this weird blend of like, oh, we're doing this for ourselves. And it's like, yeah, but at the same time, are you? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's like, I think they were trying to kind of uh, defy the, the damsel in distress narrative. Yeah, but like you said, mm-hmm. they just had no idea what they were doing. So they kept alternating between the women kind of... I don't know what they were trying to convince the villain of, to be honest, because their their message seemed to alternate with every line. I I, I agree. You, you almost have to go through line by line to figure out what the hell they were trying to say, because the the whole meaning of the last episode changes minute to minute, and it just it it doesn't go anywhere. 
Yeah, it's a big mess, and there's some stuff in it that I that I really liked. Um, there's kind of a because the spoiler, folks, the big villain is like literally Eve um, from Adam and Eve. Uh, she's the first witch. And so she wants to, like, destroy the world, and the other witches decide to get together to convince her to stop. And uh, uh, Haruto, the, the apparent protagonist, really doesn't do anything, which I thought was kind of great. Um, but so there, there, there's moments throughout it where the characters kind of, um, they say some things that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a really nice and kind of important thing for, for people to hear. Um, like um, Eve kind of blaming herself for being tricked and being like, well, I, clearly I was the bad one. And they're like, no, you were tricked. It's, it's okay. Um, like, like the fault was on the person who tricked you. And I was like, okay, that's, that's like kind of getting into like victim blaming and that's not, that's not too bad. And then again, like, and then the next line would be, would be some like sort of catty or um, kind of sexist joke that was very tone deaf. And so I, I don't know what to do with 18F. Uh, yeah, it's just a confusing It sure was ending. a show. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a million signals coming at you from a bunch of different directions. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's totally weird. It it sure was a journey. Uh, I will say that for it. The middle the middle act was, was very dull and bad, but uh, it sure was a journey. Um, so yeah, 18F, don't, don't think I would recommend the entire show to folks, but there are a few episodes there that you could watch, um, as standalones, and I think you would, I think you'd get a lot out of them. So, three, seven, eight, and ten, for sure. All really good. Highest recommendation yeah. on those four. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's the best, that's the best we can do for that up and down yeah. series. Uh, okay, next one on the list. Um, all three of us, I believe, finished this one. Clean I Freak Aoyama. Yes. Hooray! Welcome back to the conversation, Bri. Would you like to talk? (laughs) I don't know if I remember how. (laughs) What did you think of Aoyama-kun? God, I really liked this this show. Like, it's... I Mm -hmm. tend to not watch shounen, uh, almost shounen or sports anymore, because I, um, I, I really don't have the investment in me for long shows so this this was a really nice surprise in that it did all of the things i really like about early shonen like it had a cute cast of ensemble characters with a lot of you know character focused comedy episodes uh, it had an interesting hook that it actually treated respectfully and then it ended before it could actually do the tournament arc that it was threatening about and i was here for it um and honestly <laughs> i i've liked just i i don't think I think the only episode that I found a little bit disappointing was the beach episode. Otherwise, I I found it pretty, like, good to great for just about every episode. In in terms of, it's a rare comedy show that I actually laughed at. An an anime comedy I actually laughed at instead of just smiling now and then. No, it gave me me warm fuzzies. And it, despite the fact that I, despite spending most of the show on tenterhooks waiting for it to do the thing anime do it never really betrayed me in any significant way. Can you expand on that a little bit in case folks are coming into this? Uh, Vry did write a piece on Aoyama-kun for the site uh, for folks at home. Um, but can oh, you kind of right. talk um, about absolutely. what... Um, just sort of, yeah, go into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because the the gimmick of the show sounds absolutely horrible from an outside perspective. It's, the, it's about a soccer team and their ace player is really, really good because he has germophobia and has, like, structured his whole life around not letting people touch him and that kind of thing. And it's made him very good at the soccers. Um, so, but it's never, 
it's never played as a joke actually in execution like all this this takes place in a very understanding world where nobody makes fun of him because of the mechanisms that he's developed to get around his mental illness um it's just a very gentle character comedy that hits a few sour notes but for the most part is really kind and understanding and has a good nice cast of characters i like i think that covers it I, I found um, with this one a little bit diminishing returns on the back mm-hmm. half. Yeah, um, I, think I kind of I kind of feel like it peaked around. There was there was an episode in the middle with um, uh, a manga author that I thought was kind of brilliant. And then there I think the one right after it was the one about the bas- the, the basketball girl who mm-hmm. uh, the show does do a little bit in terms of uh, fan servicey stuff. So uh, for folks at home, if that's like an absolute, um, you know deal breaker for you than than uh it's it's very minimal and it's mostly just like the occasional boob jiggle but it's there so it's worth mentioning um but i really enjoyed the basketball episode because i i liked that character um and then i don't know if and every episode focusing on a different character so you know how much you enjoy the episode will have to do with you know how much you enjoy that character um i'm not sure there were really any focused ones after that that i was like really here for um, as much as I was. So I found the back half a little bit, um, my enthusiasm waned, but I mean, that could have just, that could just be me. Um, yeah, I I think it helps that I binged. So Mm -hmm. like I I got kind of behind, so I basically binged the back half. So for me, um, watching it all together, the episodes, and you're definitely right. Like they're from like eight to 11. Those, those are definitely the weakest episodes in the show. And then I thought the finale, had a really good joke, a really good joke twist that I enjoyed. But um, up to then, there's definitely, like, there's the boob jiggle stuff, there's the beach episode, which is where I kind of found the boob stuff actively annoying and a little bit, uh, really, are we doing this? And then there's the um, there's the episode where, where Aoyama tries to help his soccer friend make up with his girlfriend, which is on the one hand nice because it's the first episode where we see, uh, where, where it kind of, makes Aoyama a character and not like this untouchable mysterious figure that everybody else reacts to. I really liked him in that one because he turns out he's kind of goofy and I liked that it was like oh Aoyama can be goofy too. Right like Um, like I liked that but then it's also at the same time it's like women are so mysterious what are you gonna do? Which which is kind of sad. (laughs) Yeah it had it had a little bit of that in the back half which was which I think maybe maybe that's part of what sort of tamped my enjoyment of it that having been said I still think it's a good show I like um you know kind of what you were talking about I liked how it was able to be it was it was it was nice to its characters um and was and was very understanding about um about Aoyama's uh, mental illness and so I, I definitely appreciated that about it uh Peter do you have anything to add you've been kind of quiet um I generally agree with the sentiment. I think the problem that I had uh, with the series... I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think the the reason I got Diminishing Returns was uh, to compare it to another show that was somewhat similar, uh, Tanaka Kun is Always Listless. <gasps> my, one I of my felt, favorites. Yeah. I did a really good job of, like, slow burn introducing uh, the cast, mm-hmm. uh, but it still kept the cast pretty small. I felt like it hit a really good number, and then it just stopped. It stayed there. But Aoyama, it's literally a new character every week, uh, sometimes multiple characters every week, mm-hmm. and then some of them you don't see again or they're never addressed again. So it feels like they just keep expanding this cast to the point where you can't keep track of all the characters anymore, mm-hmm. and it's hard to really see the ones that you like very often. Because I felt like a, a lot of the ones I liked early on kind of didn't get screen time anymore because they kept throwing these new characters at me who I either liked or felt 
lukewarm about. Yeah, I kind so of agree I, with that. Yeah, I think when they yeah. when they introduced, I wish I could remember her name, the, the basketball player. Um, uh, Odagiri. Odagiri, thank yeah. you. Um, I, I remember at that point being like, oh, we have a really fun core cast now because we've got a couple of we got a couple of kind of fun female characters. We've got um, you know Aoyama and his teammates, um, and then and then like you said, like they kept doing these sort of zero in episodes. And on the one hand, I like the idea that you know everybody has a story, and and that sort of focus on telling all those stories, but yeah, like you said, at the same time, it was one of those. But I want I like these other characters. Why am I not hanging out with them? So yeah, I really liked Odagiri's subplot as well. I mm-hmm. thought that was one of the ones where I really started appreciating how this the whole series is kind of outside Aoyama looking at him, mm-hmm. where and you don't really have access to his thoughts because in that one it sort of was very prominently put out because everybody thought he had a crush on Odagiri, but it turns out that uh, for some reason or another he's able to high five her without getting really afraid of germs mm-hmm. so he invites her to stuff so that he can high five when he scores a goal just like everybody else that was so sweet so, <laughs> oh, my yeah. heart so that was a, that was a really probably one of my favorite subplots of the whole thing and i think yeah. that was that was to me the biggest strength of the show yeah but after that it was just more and more and more and more characters mm-hmm. yeah, yeah maybe that's what makes made the finale so strong to me is that it comes back to zizen who we started with and it's like oh yes yeah. the characters i like yeah yeah i yeah. think you're right about that it does circle. And, and there are moments in the other episodes where it will kind of focus more on that central cast, and those tended to be the higher points for me going forward. So, uh, yeah, it was a fun little series. Um, I'm, I'm not, like, clamoring for more, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. Again, I would, I would recommend it to folks. I think it was, I think it did a lot of nice things. So At this point, more might just mean even more characters, which should mean you, you get less of the ones you want. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, I don't know. So... Anyway, yeah, I think all three of us pretty much liked it. Um, again, I, I feel like we spent a lot of time there at the end criticizing it, but I do want to sort of highlight the fact that we all enjoyed it. So yep. Yeah, very uh, much. It, yeah, I, it's I a would, nice show. It was definitely in my top three of the stuff I watched this season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of top three, we are in our top three uh, shows left on this list before we kind of slide into, um, real quickly, we'll talk about sequels and carryovers at the end. Um, but these were our shows with feminist themes. These were shows that we said, like, you know, right out the gate, they looked like they were going to be addressing um, feminist relevant issues, uh, topics, etc. cetera. Uh, so the one at the bottom of the list was Action Hero and Cheer Fruits. It was on High Dive. We told you in the mid-season that none of us had been able to keep up with it. Uh, Vry, I do believe uh, you get to monologue for a bit here, make up for lost time, um, <laughs> when, when, when you didn't get to chat below, because I think you're the only person who finished it or who got to it. Yeah, I um, binged the entire thing yesterday. Which well was, done. Yeah. Um, it, it is an intensely okay show, is, is I think <laughs> okay. how I would put it. Like, it is, mm-hmm. I am not sorry that I watched it from beginning to end. I wouldn't say, and, and like, if you, are, if you are outside of the U.S. and you are already watching high dive, and you already have high dive that you're using to watch other shows because you aren't shackled to strike like those of us in the States, um, it's not... Like, it's not like a poor investment of your time, but it's also not like, yes, go and seek this out, uh, because it's, um, it, in case any of you, uh, since we haven't talked about it in a long time, it's uh, a show about these girls who, uh, uh, these, these girls end up putting on an impromptu Sentai show, basically for one character's little sister, and then that kind of blossoms into we are going to use the we're, we're going to put on a sentai show to try uh, and save the local the local theater um it's it's got more than a few connections with soccer quest at least as i understand soccer quest in the same idea that in this world every city has like a hero or sentai team for marketing purposes the world building isn't really very good um 
nor has it gone into particularly. Um, and the moments where they are actually, where the show actually focuses on the the club of girls coming together and working on the show is is really fun and really endearing and it did continue to remind me of samurai flamenco in a way that i really liked the problem is that there's a big long stretch in the middle where the show gets kind of lazy and is just a girls in clubs show um it kind of gets saggy and real tropey and just plugs the very basics of the um, of, of the conceit into here's a club episode where we do things and there are shenanigans and it's not very interesting because these characters are all a little bit two dimensional. Um, it also caught me at the beginning that uh, the the first episode had a lot of Yuri stuff in it, um, and that kind of faded away. Unfortunately, um, a cup the first like maybe four episodes had a lot of really strong. Baby stuff uh, that didn't really go anywhere, and then there are two members of the club: the um, the president and vice president, who might actually be dating. Um, they have a speech during the vice president's introductory episode about how, you know, you're so cute, you're my prince, and you're the only one I feel that way about. And then they continue to kind of be blushy and cute at each other in the background, but it's not really a thing that's focused on ever again. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely bait, but it's also not the strong focus that I'd kind of thought it might be from the premiere. Um, so yeah, it, the moments that are nice are very nice. Um, I It has a character who is a wheelchair user and she's treated well and is an equal part of the team. She's the, um, the composer uh, and the choreographer. And by the end of the show, they have like clear plans to incorporate her and the show on the stage as well with her chair. Uh, so that's nice, but it's yeah, not- like it's it's an aggressively okay show that had some nice things in it, like it's fine. But Rye, but Rye, does her wheelchair turn into a giant robot? It does not. It does not. Well, I'm sorry. Let me tell you what happens in the reflection. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it, it cannot compare honestly, to wheelchair robot. That's one of my favorite things. It's all, all, partly because it's a really good design, and then also Lisa's a great character. So I had to. I realized we hadn't mentioned uh, the the awesome Mecca in reflection. So I had to. I had to bring that up real quick. But, no, no, that absolutely uh, should be brought up and celebrated. And I mean, <laughs> it, like that's that's about all there is to say about cheer fruits. Like the animation is pretty cheap. Um, the designs are pretty generic. It's and and I might have had a higher tolerance for it as well because I don't watch a lot of cute girls do cute things shows, so it, the mm-hmm. tropes were also less tired for me. So it's sure. fine. It's fine. Yeah, uh, and I but, mean, it sounds like if you if you like shows about cute girls doing cute things, then it would sounds like it would be a nice a nice addition to that lineup. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it is kind of disappointing that like the first episode has a lot about these girls thinking about becoming professionals and emulating like this female heroine that they really liked. And that kind of goes away except for one episode kind of late in the game, mm-hmm. um, which is too bad, but no, nah, well, but it was all right. Yeah. It's all <laughs> so, right. All right. Well, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> that, that works. Um, so yeah, action hero and cheer fruits. Uh, okay. Next on the list is made in abyss. Who wants to start talking about Made in Abyss? Please don't make me start. Please, please, please don't make me start. I think we're all a little bit, um, maybe a little exhausted about talking about Made in Abyss. Um, we've, this, this is one we've, we've discussed in our, in our Slack group uh, quite a bit. And then um, it's on Twitter. And then we had a, a blog post go up the other week about it. Uh, so if we sound a little fatigued, listeners, that's probably why. Um, it's... I guess I'll start. Um, I think it is a 
very well made series. Um, it's it's gorgeously animated. It's got a very um, a very detailed and rich world. Um, I think all the characters are are really well crafted, um, sympathetic or um, if not outright charming individuals who you who you get you grow to care about and root for, and that their relationships are very. Um, uh, I don't know. Believable is not quite the word. I, I get concerned for them and I want them to do well and stay together. Um, I'm, I was very emotionally invested in this series. I really liked the, um, I really liked the cast. I really liked a lot of things about it. And I, and I, um, I think because of that, I have kind of a hard time talking about it critically and it definitely does some things that aren't good. Um, some of those things I, I think are just, are just not good things. Um, there's a lot of nudity and some, I shouldn't say a lot. That makes it sound like, like they're naked all the time. And it's not, it's maybe 50% of the episodes somebody gets naked. Mm. Um, and it's unnecessary. It's yeah. a lot of it is unnecessary. Sometimes it feels like it's trying to make a point about, um, about this kind of this, uh, balance between like the man-made and the natural, which is a running theme throughout the series. Um, that having been said, it's overused to the point where it starts to feel skeevy at times. So even the scenes that are honestly kind of sweet and cute um, or like well handled, um, there's this sort of this constant feeling of like, oh, God, what are you going to do with this? Um, it never really gets I don't think it ever really like sexualizes or. Um, yeah, I don't think it ever really sexualizes the characters. It's just that the sheer volume is difficult um it can be it can be difficult to deal with and to um i i i feel like it's never as overtly sexualized as i think a lot of what we're used to in anime but there are definitely like uh, i'll talk in a minute but i think just on this specific point it, it definitely hit a point where there had been like by sheer preponderance of how often the, the plot arbitrarily decides there must be an occasion to get naked i started to feel like okay, you're sliding this under the radar, but this still feels a little fetishy. Like, to the point where tropes that would have otherwise been harmless, I, I started to feel like, are you getting off on this? Are you? Why? Why do I feel weird and skeeved about this? Especially, like, the, the scene where um where Rico is unconscious and um Reg walks, ha and Reg has the, oh no, I walked in on the naked girl joke from, like, a billion yeah. har har harem anime, and I hated it. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think you described it once as um, a beautiful piano concerto where every so often somebody would just slam on all the keys uh -huh. and then go back to the concerto. Yes. Um, and that, yeah, I think that was, I think that, that to me is definitely how the, um, how some of the nudity or um, there's a lot of kind of, um, how do I describe this? Like bodily functions i guess and again it i think some of it comes back to this idea of the story being sort of a um sort of a harsh fairy tale sort of a look at like okay no when you go on adventure stories um there's going to be a lot of like pain and sometimes you're mm -hmm. gonna have to pee and things like that mm -hmm. um but again it's it's overdone to the point where it starts to feel like you said, kind of fetishy at times. Yeah, like, and who on, like, all right, who do I have to accuse of having a piss fetish <laughs> at a certain point? Yeah, and it's just, again, it's just that feeling of, God, I got this way with, this is a weird comparison, but um, when I was reading uh, Stephen King's The Dark Tower series, like, anytime somebody gets scared, they pee their pants. Mm -hmm. And I remember at a certain point being like, this oh, yeah. happens, like, a weird amount of times. And, like, I get that you're <laughs> trying to be like, you know, death isn't glamorous and fights aren't glamorous, but... 
you're doing this a lot. <laughs> um, I'm so happy you brought that up because that's something I noticed when I read that book series. It oh, was good. It, it wasn't was just like, me. No, yeah, no. wetting yourself and knees popping all the time. Everybody's knees popped whenever they did anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but after a while, you're just like, why does this keep coming up? Like, uh, it, it's like you're not trying to do anything with it, but you're fixated on it, and it, it's really bizarre. Yeah. Uh, again, it's one of those things where, where when used in, in very small doses, I think it can make a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this series, and again, I'm worried that as we're talking about this, it's going to sound like, you know, every five minutes somebody's somebody's stripping down or peeing their pants or something, and that's not the case. Um, again, uh, most of it is, is very good. It's just these it's just these bursts that kind of jump out at you. And the thing is, the story is very, I think it's very immersive and mm-hmm. pulls you into this world and can and you can really get invested. And so though those, those moments like actively throw you out. And so they stand out more because of the fact that the show is so good otherwise. Yeah. I, I um, think I, I, um, I started coming off as like, as like somebody who fucking hates this show because every time I'd get on Twitter, I'd end up talking about the things that bothered me because they stood out in such stark contrast, all the things in an episode I really like, like it'd be two minutes and 20 minutes that I thought were really good, but they were so jarring that I ended up laser focusing on them and talking about them. And then people started telling me that I was wrong to be criticizing at all. So I got really stubborn about it. Um, <laughs> oh, that's but, been popular lately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just don't criticize it. But um, in, in general, I did really like this series. There are some, I, I also really liked all the characters. Um, it, it has two uh, non-gendered characters that I thought were handled um, really well, and I love them. And Nanachi is my child, and I'm going to adopt them now. <laughs> um, Aww, yeah. Uh, but it, it, although it, it just came down to this issue of the show lost my trust. Um, it, so it's probably, like, it lost my trust, and it is probably a testament to how good a lot of the show was that I continued to watch it, even though I no longer trusted it. So I... You know, using the p- piano concerto um, metaphor, it came to it. I eventually reached this peak where I was so like keyed up and nervous and waiting for the next bang that it became harder to enjoy the music. Um, especially, and and I also think, I think with media, especially media created by men, there is kind of a low level of. A low level of day-to-day or benevolent sexism that we all shake hands and agree to just roll with because we need to fucking watch something. And because the show dropped the ball in a couple really key places um, with regards to the nudity, with regards to Rico's agency as uh, the protagonist, I stopped trusting it and all of a sudden things that I assuredly would have forgiven in other shows... I started being really, really slammed. I, I started really slamming down on the show hard for because I no, I no longer. It had lost the right to me to give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Well, I think also the the higher the quality of a show, the more disappointing its its setbacks are yeah. as well. I I think that became kind of apparent uh, with some of the more problematic stuff that rose with My Hero Academia this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the show is so good most of the time that whenever it's bad, it, it really stands out. And it, it's more disappointing, too, because you really... Uh, if, if something's bad, you can just write it off a lot of the time. But if you really love something and it disappoints you, that sucks. Yeah. Because you you want to keep engaging with the media and you don't want to have something in it that makes you fall out of love with it. Um, and I, I feel like that's probably... Uh, sort of what you're describing with Maiden Abyss, I guess? Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of this, uh, well, stuff like, um, you know, the fact that 
Rico is the one who can cook on the team, which is fine. It makes sense in narrative because she's been to school and she's learned all these cool things about what's edible down there and she's the survivalist. But then the way, but then framing keeps happening. That's framing is the problem with the show. But then framing keeps happening where it's like, oh, she's not shown actually hunting or skinning or doing any of the ugly things of survival. She's sitting around the campfire with a pot. And then at the end, they're joking about how the, all, the other, the, Nanachi and Reg joke about they definitely need to keep her along because she's the one who can cook and I don't I would totally forgive this as just it makes sense in narrative but also I see what you're doing show and I don't like it like, yeah uh, there's a good comparison with that to I think Golden Kamui uh, there's a um, Ainu girl in that one who's one of the the main two characters I wish I could remember her name right now but uh, she cook she's the cook on the, the team and she makes a lot of really good food but she catches the food it shows her skinning the food and then usually I knew eat weird parts of the animal like eyeballs or brains or something like that. And mm-hmm. she'll share that with the main character who's more traditionally Japanese. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's like from, uh, I think it's uh, Osaka or something. Uh, I can't remember. I probably got that wrong. Mm-hmm. But so he'll, she'll go like, the eyeball's the best part. Here, eat it. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, I don't really want to. Uh, so you can see how she is, with that framing, you can see that she's a like consummate survivalist and she knows how to prepare an animal it will first kill it and then do all the steps of preparation rather than just like, oh, she's really nice in the kitchen. Yeah, that's all I wanted was a little more of that. I thought because- they did some, and again, it's been a while since I watched the first few episodes, obviously, mm-hmm. um, like a whole a whole 10 weeks or something. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was in the early episodes, though, is they would they would kind of show the characters like catching and skinning and like actually making their meal. It definitely was in the first few episodes, which I guess which is what made it weird for me that it kind of drops off in the later ones. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think it's also... To be fair, the biggest thing that that bo- that made me distrust the show's handling of Rico was a thing that was invented for the anime, and I feel like to, it's only fair to the manga to say that. Um, the, the, there's a big moment where where Rico is about to face down a monster, and rather than fighting it on her own or fighting it with Reg, she gives she she gives the moment over to Reg and lets him save the day. And it, that's not in that was an anime only edition. Um, so, and and I think it throws off a lot of what the manga seems to be trying to do, which is where Ray and Rico obviously work best together as a team and they need each other. And maybe they trade off moments where they each have the spotlight, uh, but because the anime made that one decision and then chose, and then ends the adaptation at a point where it's an arc focused on Ray, what we end up with is an anime. Fair on Nanachi, but one where, where, uh, Rico is unconscious for all of it we end up with just looking at the anime on its own this this great setup where where Rico leads us into the abyss and it becomes like this instead this um this vehicle to explore Reg and his feelings and and how he explores the world which I know which I I genuinely think isn't what the manga is going for it's just how the framing of the anime ended up kind of creating the trajectory I I I kind of I disagree no Uh, no yeah please please I um, I see Rico's story existing side by side with Reg's. Um, I think it, I think what they're kind of going for, and I hadn't really thought about it this, in these terms until I just kind of saw a throwaway reference or something on Twitter, um, just in kind of in reference to, to the characters and their roles. Um, we see a lot of the, um, a lot of the cave raiders have these relics that they, um, wield that make them powerful like it's their weapons 
And when you look at the way the story goes and like Rico and Reg's like survivalist training, it's a lot of Rico coming up with a plan and then telling Reg what to do and then him executing it. And I think that in a way, Reg is there is technically a relic. Um, so I think the show is kind of building it up in a sense that she's sort of wielding him kind of like as a battle master, almost like saying, you know, go here, do this, attack this. This is, this is how we are going to fight this thing. Um, I really like that. And I, I mean, and I know, I know the idea of like, um, the, the boy being the fighter and the, the girl not being the fighter kind of falls into some gendered tropes, but I mean, as someone who's not a fighter, as someone who would be more in that situation, more of a planner, um, I like characters like that. And so, you know, I mean, if it it doesn't is if there were no female fighters in the series, I would have a problem with it. Or if the series had set Rico up at the beginning as like this like physically ferocious character and then just sidelined her, I would have a problem with it. But I don't think it did either of those because Liza and Ozen are badass ladies. Um who we know. And there's that sense that like, if Rico can survive to adulthood, she could become that. Um, I, I really like her character. I like their, I like their relationship. And I, I feel like I have enough stories. I feel like there are other stories that exist with badass female fighters as the protagonist that I don't necessarily feel like not having Rico be that is a problem. No, no. And I, I guess the part to the, it's not that Rico can't fight. It's that um, in a show that's only 12 episodes, we lose track of her entirely for almost a quarter of it. it that is unfortunate. And my, and again, it's, I think with Maiden Abyss, one of the reasons I, I give it a little bit of some leeway in terms of that is I know it's an ongoing story. Yeah. Um, I know that this is not, this is not where anyone's arc ends. That There's still, you know, a lot going on with these characters. Um, so the fact that Rico does kind of get sidelined for a little bit at the end doesn't really bother me because I'm, I feel reasonably confident that she's going to yeah. come back into focus. Yeah. And if she does not, then yeah, I mean, I'll come back and be like, well, that sucked. They, you know, they didn't, they didn't do right by this, by this very good character. Um, but I find her, I find her grit and determination incredibly inspiring. It's maybe especially because she's not necessarily someone who can just, you know, uh, throw fireballs or wield a giant axe. Like the fact that she doesn't necessarily have superpowers and is still willing to go on this journey and, and, you know, overcome, um, some, some debilitating things that happen to her. Um, I, I, I really like her and I, I, she again she's to me kind of an, an inspirational character like i would love to have the amount of mental fortitude that rico has yeah it's i love i there is never a moment when i stop loving rico there are moments when i think that the framing like the the way her actions are framed the way she, that it frames what she gets to do don't always treat her with the respect uh that i, I think that character deserves and part of this is me just uh looking back and saying all right it could be years because there are only six volumes of the manga. It could be years before we get another anime. So to a certain extent, I want to judge this based on, all right, what if this is the only 12 episodes we ever get? What if this is the only 12 episodes anybody ever gets to see? And to mm -hmm. that end, it's a, like to that end, it's kind of disappointing, but yeah, definitely I'm on, I, I have heard that uh, the next arc of the manga does freak, uh, does feature Rico more prominently. And like I said, looking at it as a whole of what the manga of tr is trying to do of swinging back and forth between focusing, giving each of our now three protagonists a time in the spotlight. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I sincerely hope we get, we get more of the anime because um, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful production. And again, I am so, I am just, 
I'm very invested in these characters. Um, the finale got me to, like, I tear up somewhat regularly when I watch anime. It is very rare for me to just straight up cry. And uh, they, d they done got me. Um, the ending. Yeah, that was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> they done got me. Uh, so, I mean, and again, I just, it's, it, it absolutely has, has problems, and there are definitely some pitfalls, I think, that, that you've noted, Vry, that it could it could fall into. I don't feel like it has yet. Um, yeah, and, and so like I said, it's, it... It's flawed. It's, it mm -hmm. absolutely has its problems. But, I again, I, there's, to me, there's something to be said for a show that can, that can pull me in like this and, and invest me emotionally in that. I know that makes me less objective than I, than I could be otherwise, but um, I, I really like it, and I, I want more of it. Yeah. No, I... I... And I don't want to be an asshole who says, stop enjoying this thing because it bothers me in some ways. Like, I, I get it. It's very good at pulling in a, a person in emotionally. It's very good at doing a lot of things. And that's what, like, for me personally, it, it makes me sad that I can't stop, that now I can't stop noticing these things in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand yeah, that. Yeah. I think there was there there was some like give or take in how the the portrayals went because uh, I I I'm aware of the thing you were talking about where Rico had more of a prominent role in that fight um, in the manga but they also apparently cut out some problematic stuff as well. Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, that what what kind of bothered me about the part where she was without Reg for a little while was it seemed like she didn't have the same survival savvy that she usually did. Mm -hmm. Like she falls into a couple traps there and gets into a really bad situation. Where I was kind of hoping that Rig would just wake up and everything was fine because, of course, she knows what she's doing. Um, I guess that that didn't happen. Yeah, it feels like the only time it ever the anime ever punishes her for being impulsive and exploratory, and it, it, it like the only moment where it pulls that kind of give and take between their personalities out of balance. Because like, there's no reason for her to get up and move in that moment at first. Yeah. Well, and then she falls into it. She apparently she knew about the creature, but she still fell into its trap and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think we can all agree we definitely would watch a season two. That season two, season two, good. season two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we're clearly all like. I mean, again, I think we've talked about this for like fifteen minutes, so we probably <laughs> should move on. Um, but you know, clearly we're all very invested in it. So um, I, it's. I mean, it's going to be my problematic uh, recommendation of the season for sure. For sure. Um, and I. I, I really like it, so I hope I hope we do get more. Um, okay, uh, we have to move on. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's get to our top our top show from premieres, um, which was Princess Principal. Uh, I finished it. Vry finished it. Peter. Uh, I never got around to it. I knew both of you were watching it, so um, I will watch it at some point. But I think I'm about halfway through right now. Okay. Well, if you need to go get a drink and a snack. Uh, <laughs> Brian, and I'll, Brian, I'll take this one. Um, Brian, do you want to start? I love this show. I love this show so much. Um, I, I think it has a few structural problems where the uh, it, it's told achronologically, which doesn't always work, and the ending is a little bit abrupt because it's 12 episodes and it definitely bit off more than it could chew. It's still a satisfying ending on an emotional level, but mm -hmm. it, it, it does... Because, like, at least as far as as completing an arc for Angie, uh, Angie I, I was okay with it. Um, because, to me, the show was always about Angie and Charlotte and, and Angie learning to trust people. And so it got me like a big old sucker. And, and I love them. And I want these children to be happy. Um, but it, it does definitely have some pacing problems with the plot. Um, but also, this anime was made for me. It, um, <laughs> it, it's, got, it's got that very, um, you know, you know I, I love... 
I love when anime takes tackles um, Western things and Western aesthetics. I and and I like the spy stuff. I like the sort of cloak and dagger um, political intrigue stuff. I really liked all of the characters, and I liked that only the that none of the underage characters had any fan service attached to them. Uh, while mm-hmm. the twenty year old is the femme fatale, I liked the character focused episodes. Um, it's a really cute Yuri romance that I am here for and got all my feelings. Uh, so yeah, this was this was definitely my pick of the season. Moe same face aside. <laughs> yeah, and we we talked about the character designs a bit at the mid season, so we don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to need to dig into that. Um, yeah, I mostly agree. I ended up liking this one. I think if there was any series that was kind of a surprise, it was Princess Principal. And I don't again, I don't consider it a pleasant surprise because I think as soon as the first episode was over, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. And it continued to be. It did, I think it did its um, sort of self-contained episodes very well, um, where it would kind of focus in on one or two characters or one particular mission. Um, I think it I think it had a lot of semi-self-contained stories to tell about these people that were excellent. Um, I, I wrote an article about one of the episodes, which was probably my favorite episode of any show this season. Mm-hmm. Um uh, called Loudly Laundry, which was just like 22 minutes of women supporting each other in the workplace. And it was, it was wonderful. Um, I think where it struggled was in developing an overarching plot. Um, you kept getting hints that there was going to be one, but then there wasn't ever really a clear antagonist. And then they kind of threw in some new elements and uh, forces in the final couple of episodes that kind of came out of nowhere. Definitely um, came out of nowhere. And so as far as like the overall narrative goes, I was, I ended the season going, if there's not a season two, I feel like my feelings about the show will um, diminish a little bit over time because um, like, I guess kind of comparing it to Maiden Abyss with Maiden Abyss, I know that there's more. So mm-hmm. even though there were a few things about um, this season that I was like, well, I didn't love that. I'm not a hundred, I'm not fully ready to condemn it for that because it feels like the story could very easily, um, remedy those things. And seems like it wants to remedy those things. Mm-hmm. Um, with princess principle, I don't have that. So I do have to look at it as a complete finished product. Right. Um, and in that sense, I, I left, I finished the final episode liking the characters and happy for where, um, where kind of the central character arc had gone, like you said, but very much with this sense of like, it felt like the first core in a two to three core anime where the first core is about sort of, you know, setting up the world and building the cast. And then the next core or two would be sort of, um, following through on, um, the ramifications of those, of those early episodes and like how these characters react to, particular plot points or outside forces or things like that. Um, and so my final feeling was that it feels kind I kind of feel about this one. Like I felt about your and ice, like it feels unfinished. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting here like that was a great first season. Damn. Well better be a first season. <laughs> um, that having been said overall, I really liked it. Um, even if, even if the ending didn't, uh, didn't quite leave me as satisfied as I wanted it to. Um, very good. Would happily recommend it. Um, probably will be recommending it in various posts over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, it's it's definitely a case where, to me, um, char- character investment will always trump plot investment. But that doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. But you're completely correct. Like it sets up this political intrigue that it never really goes anywhere with. And then in the finale, it's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, fuck. We have to do something <laughs> with this to have a big fi- uh, final set piece. Oh God, what do? Um, so it, it does like 
it definitely falls down on on that front. And for me, it was just because I was so invet like I was so invested in that central um, romance and also in the ensemble cast becoming like God. this found family. And I feel like it did I those elements really well. It did, and, oh, and I so don't. Great. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I zoomed in a little bit on the on the things I, I kind of was left wanting more with at, at the very ep- last episode. But again, mm-hmm. the fact that I want more says something about the quality of the show and the characters. Yeah, um, I loved them. Even like even the fan service in this show, it was fine. Like yeah. I thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of funny because it would be like Dorothy like fluffing up her boobs so she could go <laughs> distract a guard, and I I I kind of appreciate that kind of cheeky, lighthearted. Um, fictional characters don't have agency but in so much as the fictional character can have agency Dorothy was clearly like fine with this like she was kind of enjoying herself um, right and, and, and so yeah. it didn't it did not it did not bother me and there were moments where I honestly thought it was kind of like a sort of fun charming addition to the to the story and it definitely helps I think that nobody ever touches her nobody ever like it, it's always just you know the boobtastic dress she flirts for a little bit and then they get on with the mission like there's never any sense that she's in in danger Kind of no, thing. no, there's there's never that sense. She's always very much, again, in so much as a fictional character can have control, mm-hmm. she is very much in control of the situation she is in. Um, so I, yeah, I kind of, I there, there's a there's an episode later where Chise is kind of talking about Dorothy's like adult tactics, and I, I thought it was funny. Like, it got a chuckle out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, overall, I really, I really liked Print Pal, and I, I hope we get more at some point, because there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely more they could do there, I think. For sure. Yeah. 3HC is two for two now, so hopefully uh, every other season we'll get a fun action Yuri series with really good art direction. Yes, I would please. be I would be down for that and good music too. Jeez, both of those shows um, have some good soundtracks. Uh, that takes us to the end of the new shows for the summer season. Um, we are definitely over time, but I don't even care. Um, let's go, go. real quick. We can real quick because I think most of the sequels and carryovers. I think I'm the only person who watched them, so we can go over these uh, real quickly. Um, I'll save, I'll save my Hero Academia for last, because Peter, I know you've been keeping up with that one as well. Um, just real quick, the ones I watched, um, I watched Sayuki Reload Blast, because I am Sayuki Trash. Um, I love that franchise. I got fully invested in this new arc, and I'm super bummed that I'm probably gonna have to wait another ten years for Kazuya Mikura to write enough manga for there to be more story to tell. Um, I, yeah, I liked it. I could only recommend it to people who, who have been a part of the Sayuki franchise in the past and are invested and like it. Um, if you are, then you'll, you'll get a lot of good stuff out of this season, especially the, the back half was, was quite good. Uh, the animation wasn't great, but, uh, Sayuki's tough to animate because the character designs are so, um, detailed. Those lumpy so, faces. Yeah. Well, and they're very detailed and that makes it, that can make it trickier to, to do the animation, especially for a, a pretty new studio. Like this was, I forget the studio's name, but this was kind of like their first major project, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you are familiar with Sayuki, if you liked it in the past, 100% watch the new season. Um, not a lot of, uh, I will say, Sayuki does not have a great track record with female characters. There is a badass lady priest in this season who I fucking love. Um, so it even gets it even gets some some uh, some feminist friendly points for that uh, coming into it, which I'm I'm happy to report. Uh, and that's that's really all I have to say about Sayuki. I could gush. Um, again, I have a lot of I have a I have what like ten years of of built-in affection for that franchise, um, but I don't I don't need to get into that here. Uh, other shows I caught up with Rachel Bahamut, Virgin Soul. 
the first three quarters were really good to were were solid at worst and like excellent at best. Uh, just a really fun action fantasy series which with a nice gender balanced cast. And uh, the last arc has been running off the rails. I haven't actually finished it. I'm two episodes from the end watching it with my roommate and we just we just didn't have time this weekend to to wrap it up. Um, I have not heard good things. If it somehow brings things together, um, you know, I'll I'll throw it into the into the uh, the write up recommendation post we do. I have a feeling that will not happen, but uh, we'll see. Um, it's kind of going in this direction where um, they're trying to make me like the guy who uh, was um, responsible for some genocide, and it's it's it started off like a like an okay subplot where it was like the main character has feelings for like a guy she should not have feelings for, and I'm like, okay, you can do some cool stuff with that. Um, and then it kind of got to the point where I get the sense they they want me to like him, and it's not happening. So uh, that's that's a big mark against it at this point. Um, again, we'll see how it how it wraps up, but not. That actually contextualizes a lot of the complaints that I've been hearing recently. So. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, I and I have not I have not heard good things about the about the very very end of it. Um, yeah, there was a moment about, again, about three quarters of the way through when things started running off the rails where uh, my roommate and I were watching it and getting kind of annoyed. And I was like, yeah, nice boyfriend you got there. Shame about the genocide, though. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a deal breaker. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, God, it's, it's, it's I think it's going to end up being like the biggest disappointment of the season, honestly, because the first half was so good and so fun. And I was just so ready to, to sing its praises. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I don't again. I don't want to condemn it because I haven't actually seen the finale, but I have a I have a feeling it's not going to end well. Um, and then the other one I watched that none of you that neither of you saw was Sakura Quest, which was really good. Um, it was consistently good. I think it got better, like almost episode to episode. It improved just as you kind of got to get to know the cast and got a better feel for what the story was doing. Um, it is. I, I I wrote an article about it actually, so uh, there's my shameless plug. Um, <laughs> about it does. It's kind of about people who don't who don't get their dream jobs and like what your life looks like after that, and you know how you can kind of uh, find happiness and satisfaction even even if you don't you know live out that childhood dream of being a famous actress or a um, or like you know a, a race car driver or a singer or whatever. Um, and I I really liked that about it. I liked the way it developed its cast in the town and a lot of the the little story arcs with each of the characters. Um, there's some really excellent, um, I mean, it's, I don't think I have any, I don't think there's any flags. Like, I don't think there was really any fan service. Uh, there might've been a couple of like questionably framed shots here and there, but overall it was, it handled its, you know, it's five, uh, female leads who have like this really like nice, important friendship with each other. I think it handled it really well. I think it was a good show. Um, and I was kind of lukewarm on it at the midway point. And now I'm 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 much warmer on it. Clearly, uh, I would I would recommend it happily to like any of our listeners. I think it's a it's a good series for sure. Dang, maybe I'll try checking it out. I really wanted to engage with it. I feel like it, it's doing a lot of cool things uh, just based on the, the articles I've read. Mm -hmm. I, uh, yours and also uh, Nick Kramer's as well. He wrote a really good one about how like it's kind of uh, about a lot of economic issues in Japan mm -hmm. and what. It, a struggle it is to like live out in these sort of like dying rural areas yeah. and like where they can go what their future is mm -hmm. which i think is kind of like a really important thing for a show to be about yeah um and the second and half I'll, i think I, explores that really well too yeah i definitely felt even in the few episodes i saw what you were talking about in your piece about kind of like them hitting their like these walls in their careers and trying to figure out what to do with their lives 
So, like, d- dang, it's about, like, a really, lot of really good stuff, but I just mm-hmm. could not connect with the characters. It, it took a while. I did not, it was, I think it was really not until a few episodes into the second half when I started realizing that I was, I was invested in them. And then the finale done got me. Like, it, I teared up a little bit at the, at the very end. Um, they, it, they, snuck, they snuck up on me, and it was an excellent finale. Like, the last episode was, I think a lot of shows this season, even the ones I really liked, um, like Princess Principal, as an example, had kind of lackluster finales. Uh, Soccer Request nailed its ending. It was really good. And um, so, you know, that's probably part of the reason I'm, I'm so high on it at this point, too, is, is it was just consistent and good and ended well. So, um, yeah. Thank you, PA Works. Yeah, thank you, PA Works. Um, another, another great production. Um, kind of snuck up on me, and I ended up liking it a lot. Uh, okay, last sequel. Peter and I are both watching this one. Uh, My Hero Academia. We talked about this at the end of our spring retrospective, and I guess we'll mm-hmm. give it a few minutes here as well. Um, yeah, we're just going to be hopelessly over time. Folks at home, if you need to go get a drink and a snack, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> um, come back. Come back when you're ready. We'll still be here. Yeah, uh, you, okay, you kids Peter? enjoy. All I know about, uh-huh. about My Hero Academia is that I am apparently the fancy boy, according to an internet quiz. Oh, Aoyama. Aoyama. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Um, Peter, I've been talking for a lot. Why don't you get us started with My Hero Academia? Okay. Uh, well, my reaction to it recently, I've, uh, I think this is where the story is really, like, come into the part of it that makes it probably one of the best shonen that's ever been written. Mm-hmm. Uh, although right now I'm uh, catching up on Hunter x Hunter and finally reading all of One Piece, so I'm, I'm beginning to see how, like, heavy those three are like those are definitely the top three for me mm-hmm. um but my hero definitely i think wins when it comes to oh that's hard to say um it's definitely one of the top two when it comes to female characterization mm-hmm. um although i've uh there are some there's short if I, if I had to identify three weaknesses to the series i would say number one is Mineta, oh, the God, existence yes. of Mineta. uh then number two is that the female characters don't really get combat roles um none of them really have a combat related power um, and most of them are, like, kind of support heroes. Um, well, and some than... of them do kind of have combat-related powers, and they're not really treated that way. Like, I think Momo's power of, like, being able to pull weapons out of your body is pretty combat-oriented. Um, yeah. But they don't necessarily treat it that in that regard. Um, I think... Um... She's definitely a, a strategist. Yeah. Um, I think I think Ochako she has get her... proven in this arc that she can be a combat-oriented um, character. I'm, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but I also think there's there's kind of this sense of um, they don't necessarily give them that opportunity. I mean, I mean that one girl can, like, her skin, like, secretes acid. That's, that's pretty combat-oriented to me. Um, well, she never uses it that way, right? No, she doesn't. I mean, I like to joke that Momo has Bakugo's power built in since she could just secrete napalm from her body and then <laughs> use Bakugo's power. Yeah. Thus making her Bakugo plus, uh, but she never does that. So um, I don't know what the, the inherent difficulties of that are or what. Um, but number three uh, was uh, brought up, I just noticed recently, it was an article by Marion, mm-hmm. um, who wrote that there's really no... Um, female mentors in the series yeah i read that too uh, um i think that yeah. by the time this podcast goes live that should be on the links post that we that went up this past week so definitely I, check I that out folks if you're interested yeah. it's it's a really good article mm-hmm. yeah and i uh some of these things do change later on but i mean we can only really talk about what is mm-hmm. um though it is good to know it. that those things do change like i think that well, i think that's important some of them for better or worse oh, like uh, i'll okay. i'll like uh, Mild spoilers, uh, they introduce some more female heroes later on, but it's a squad of cat girls. Oh, of course it is. Uh, so, which is not, not super positive. I think some of the females get stronger moments. Uh, there is one uh, really 
possibly good female mentor that's introduced later on that I'm, I'm just discovering myself further deeper into the manga, but mm-hmm. that might not be until like season four. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I do think that this season gave a lot of the girls their high moments. Um, I have mixed feelings about the Ochako fight, but I, I think that's definitely a lot more than um, female characters have gotten in many other of the top shonen series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked Momo's redemption as well. Um, I thought that was a very important moment for that character. Yeah, it was nice having a character who uh, kind of came in um, sort of expected to do really well and then struggled early on and kind of lost her confidence um, because I can relate to that a little bit. Um, that was basically me in grad school. So I, I appreciate having that character and then um, sort of the the kind of pay it forward attitude of the series in terms of like um, – somebody will inspire one person and then that person will inspire somebody else. And so the way that arc uh, kind of, kind of played with that, that element of the story and that, um, that sense of like heroism being something that's almost contagious. uh, I liked it. I liked that sort of support network that was developed there and, and Momo kind of re um, what's the word kind of reestablishing herself as, as a, as a hero, as someone who can, who can be a hero. Um, yeah, I think the series handles its its female characters pretty well. I mean, it's not it's not perfect, but I agree it's a marked improvement on a lot of series within the genre and even series outside of it, truthfully. Um, and then there's and then there's then there's Mineta, and then there's shit like Mineta. Where I'm <laughs> like, why are you even here? He just every time he shows up, it's like it's it's that piano concerto and the slamming on the keys again. Um, it's I I this Damn. season I I cooled a little bit on this arc. Um, I like. I think I liked the first half of this of this season too a little bit better. Um, the sports festival is really good. The sports so. festival is really good, and then um, this past stretch had its moments, but uh, I think I don't think I liked it quite as much as, as the previous stuff. But I've heard that the I've heard that the arc after after this this most recent one is also really good. So yeah, um, definitely ended in kind of an awkward spot. I'm glad mm-hmm. they hit the the where they did in the last episode. I think that's the best possible place they could have ended yeah. it without launching the next one. Yeah, it was a strong it was a strong final episode, and there are definitely some good moments throughout. It's just that again, sometimes you do have to wade through a little bit of crap to get there. Um, overall, though, I um, I really like it. Um, I I think it is kind of starting to bug me a little bit that the older female characters are all kind of like sexy. Um, and that, and God, there's this really bad conversation in one episode where they, where two of them like get into kind of like this sort of stereotypical cat fight of like a younger woman and an older woman that I just hated. Um, and I remember that, that ended and I was like, man, this episode is better. Cause it was like the cold open essentially. And I was like, man, this episode better, uh, redeem itself. Cause that was some shit. And then the episode ended up being like pretty solid. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess you're back in my good graces, my hero. Um, overall, I, I really love the cast. I just, uh, again, it's one of those, it's kind of like Made in Abyss where when, when those, when those jarring moments happen, you're like, oh, but you're so good to being, you're so close to being like practically perfect. So. Yeah. I think, uh, one of the like ways you can really tell a, a shonen is good is if you can just like immediately identify what its major like th- emotional, uh, narrative theme is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with my hero, I definitely think it's about, um, being like a good role model inspiration and this is where i really think it kind of just kicks marvel comics and dc comics asses where uh like especially with superman and all might uh where it's kind of like uh 
they, they do a lot of stuff with Superman, like not being able to be everywhere at mm-hmm. all times, so he can't save anyone despite the fact that he has godlike power. And I felt like that's kind of... I've, I've read some interesting comics that were about that, but with All Might, I, I, I've, I've never seen them really focus on how important it is that he be an inspirational figure and inspire others to heroism mm-hmm. so that his influence can be felt where he can never be. And I and like you, that's like in that's like in the story. Like Todoroki, Bakugo, and um, Deku all have in common that they idolized All Might as a kid, mm-hmm. and that's why they're becoming heroes now. Yeah. And I think that kind of uh, narrative that you have to be a good role model and make sure that the next generation kind of inherits these good ideals from you, if not your abilities, is like a really important thing to say. And I think that's like that is my hero. Yeah, I agree. Um, I yeah. Again, there's a lot of there's a lot of really, a lot of things I really like about the show. So I hope it I hope it can keep improving on those, and maybe some of those sour notes can uh, can maybe go away a little bit. Um, overall, I mean, I really I do I like it, and it's it's tough for me to get into long running shonen, and my hero academia definitely has the the character chops to endear me to it. So uh, yeah, it helps that it's happening now too. Yeah, so I don't have to look at like a hundred episodes and go, oh boy, <laughs> um, how yeah. do I how do I get involved in this? Um, but yeah, I it it's good. I don't. Do we have anything else we want to say about that one? It's good. Yeah, it's it's a good show. It's again, it's not it's not without its problems. So you know, I mean, obviously, we'll it's it's a problematic wreck, which is what we gave it last season, and I think that's continued to hold true. Um, but there's there's a lot of good within that too. So that's that's good to see. Um, that's the end of my list. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about these shows? I mean, we've already gone an hour and a half. We might as well just keep talking. <laughs> we just live here now. Um, no, yeah, like I said, everything <laughs> everything I finished, I I liked to loved. So mm-hmm. that's a win for me, but I get it does help that I only watched four shows. So I can see why you guys found this kind of a disappointing season on the whole. It was a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. I would say. Yeah. I felt like I watched a lot this season because none of the shows really stood out so much that it reflected, like, if there's some really good shows, I don't feel so bad about dropping other shows, or it, it makes me more inclined to drop those shows because I'm not getting the same emotional return, Yeah. but I felt like this, ser- this season was very lateral, so I ended up watching a lot of stuff to kind of, <laughs> I guess, fill the, the vacancy. Yeah, I, I had I had a similar reaction in point. And then there were shows like, you know, like 18F or The Reflection where um, it was like, well, this has potential, so I'm going to kind of stick with it to see if it, if it you know, lives up to that. And um, that was a bit of a mixed bag. And not complete either since we haven't seen the end of The Reflection yet. Um, but... Overall, it was it was fine. There were some there were some some strong showings, I think. So that's that's nice. And fall is looking to be uh, pretty intense. My watch list might might just explode from the weight of the number of shows that are going to be on it. Um, so we have we have that to look forward to for sure. It's uh, stacked. Yeah. So and we'll we'll be we'll be hitting you up with premiere reviews. Um, gosh, probably by the time this goes up, we will be well into the premiere reviews. So y'all will be able to I will be read in those. Hell. Uh-huh. We'll we'll be in hell together. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I'll have you with me in the trenches. Yes, uh-huh. we'll 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 keep each other we'll keep each other going through the good and the bad. Uh, hopefully, more good than bad. Um, I think that's gonna do it for us. Yeah. Okay. Um, that brings us to the end of another seasonal podcast. Then I hope you got your bang for your buck, and uh, we didn't talk your ear off there. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends or leave a nice review for us on iTunes. 
And if you really enjoyed it and want to help us make more episodes, please consider tossing a dollar or more to our Patreon each month. Your support really does go a long way towards making Anime Feminist happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, please check us out at www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at Anime Fem, on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. And that is the show! Thanks for listening, Annie Fam. Let us know what you thought about the summer series in the comments, and we will talk to you again next week. <laughs>